Locals say that the families are shut down. They're on the loose in their home in Amityville, Long Island. Catching images of what they believe are ghosts on surveillance cameras. Location of the infamous Salem witch hangings. Many indigenous, many sex workers. Hello and welcome to Six Sad World. I'm Mari. And I am Jasmine. So, um, Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. No, just to name a few. These are staple, creepy horror, like, things sprouted into the supernatural from our early childhood. And, um, for many kids, this ignited their love for all things aforementioned. For me, it was nightmare fuel. Um, <laughs> I suffer from a lot of nightmares, chronic nightmares, reoccurring nightmares. Not fun. They were really messed up, actually. <laughs> I remember. I, I definitely told Mari about a few. <laughs> they were like... And, like, they didn't end at death no, for a lot of them. No. It was like, and then I was getting stabbed. Yeah. And then I was still being stabbed, and the dream kept going. And then I was a decapitated head on a battlefield. Like, it's <laughs> it was just... the one I remember specifically. <laughs> I will never forget that one. So, you know, as the years went on, the amount of things I felt like I needed to be afraid of quickly grew. Um, by the time I was 10, I was afraid of the underground gnomes that hid in between the, my neighbor's house and mine house. <laughs> my house. I was terrified of medical stitches, scared of seeing guillotines in movies, scared of the dark, scared of Michael Jackson's music videos, Ghost, and the <laughs> iconic thriller, um, scared of spiders, scared of starfish, um, and lastly, clowns. <laughs> and that's not the whole list, but a pretty extensive one. Um, <laughs> through evolution, we as humans have come to adapt and, you know, deal with certain things that we are afraid of. But there are still things in this day and age, no matter how advanced we become, that we still inherently fear. Um, so we're going to talk about horror and fears in today's episode and where they came from and how they've come to be. But I don't think I've mentioned mentioned this before. Until this intro, but I suffered from chronic, reoccurring nightmares for many, many, many years of my childhood. Not even in sleep, I could escape what I was scared of most. And I mentioned before, a lot scared me. I remember the point where Halloween stopped being fun for me and became a terrifying ordeal. Uh, now, when you're really little, your trick-or-treating it starts really early. And ends even earlier. Yeah, it's not dark because it's it's October, so it gets dark at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. But you were in by then. Yeah, because <laughs> you had to go to bed at nine. <laughs> yeah. So by the time you're done, most of the bigger kids hadn't even started their door to door rounds yet. And like when you're little, you're like a princess. You're Sailor Moon. I was Sailor Moon one year. Um, I was too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're a pumpkin. You're whatever. You're really kind of cute, fun things. But the older kids. They, they, sometimes they don't always dress in the, the most nice things. <laughs> and so, you know, I used to stay up a little bit later to help hand out candy to the kids who came to my door um, after I was done trick-or-treating. And one faithful night, I happened to open the door on my own when the doorbell rang. <sighs> I was no older than eight. <laughs> By the time my dad made it to the door to welcome the kids, it was too late. I was staring at the most terrifying thing I had ever seen in my eight years of life, <laughs> a bloody killer clown. And to a little kid, this costume preteen seemed massive. I had no reason to be afraid of clowns prior to that moment, but after that, I had every reason to be afraid of this kid. And I 
was afraid of Halloween after that. I didn't want to open the door for kids. I was always watching my back when I was out trick-or-treating. I was terrified of encountering this bloody, big-toothed, smiling, scary, giant clown. I am just having a vivid memory right now of forcing you to watch it. The original version. Oh, the, the, the Tim Curry it. Yes. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> the thing is, though, that wasn't so bad for me. I think it's also had to do with like the the how old the movie was. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was pretty old by the time we were watching it. Yeah, and then we were also watching it. A little bit older. I think yes. we were like 13 or 14 at yes, the time. Yes, some, some, something around that. So, <laughs> after a very lengthy in- intro and backstory, I want to talk to you guys about clowns. Uh, it's called, co- it's so hard to say, for me, coolrophobia, the fear of clowns. I'm going to give you guys a bit of a history on clowns. Um, clowns can be dated back to at least as far as the 16th century under the title of clowns. Prior to them, they fall under the category of gesture, harlequin, harlequinade. And before that, rustic buffoons in classic Greek theater. So they've been around for a very, very long time. And you know, they are used in a lot of plays and theater. It's to sort of bring joy and laughs and so on and so forth. Um, The characteristics for clowns are usually childlike, innocent, clumsy, kind of idiotic, Often poorer looking or lower class, because that was somehow funnier, you know. It's funny when bad things happen to poor people. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, it's so sad they don't know how bad they have it off. Oh, look how sad they are. Oh, look at that poor person fall. (laughs) How humorous, because they don't have health (laughs) care. You know. Hilarious. Um, So in the 17th century is when clown really became um, popular, popularized in its own um, character. It was seen as less of like a coy and clever sort of character, like a Harlequin or Harlequinade, Mm -hmm. and more so just like the modern circus clown. Um, At the height of circuses in the 19th century, the clown took on more of a popular role in a sense where it was like, it changed from a clumsy character who was kind of like, you know, just the the, the, the fool to um, kind of like the drunken clown stereotype. Oh. The big red nose, the baggy hobo, drunken hobo sort of stereotype. Because once again, that's hilarious. And, um, you know, the white face, the red, red nose. Um, and the classic clown, although steeped in problematic stereotypes, at the time very racist ones, I'm not... I'm, Definitely going to mention, you know, if anyone were to look up, you know, blackfaced early clowns definitely resembled and were often people in blackface. Thought that was important to mention. Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, The, like, idea of the big red clown mouth. And I remember thinking that the original ones where it was just, like, the big round lips reminded me so much of those, like, blackface dolls. Yep. Um, and, like, the cartoons and stuff like that with the big, yes. round So there was mouths. a time where the clown the clown um, image sort of warped into the parody of a black person. And so, like, it's hard not to look at a clown and not also see where, like, it was used to mock black people. And this would be right around, like, still 
still in slavery era, but also at, like just a, around it abolishment. Also. Yeah. So like right when black people are asking for their rights, yeah, and to be treated like human beings, and then you're just like, haha, look at this clown. That's you. Look at you, you big mouth black person. I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, thought that was important to mention. Um, the clown was seen as either something to make you feel better about yourself or bring joy to, joy to all, especially um, in children in later years. It was geared towards, more towards kids, children's entertainment. Um, you know, the big smiles, the big feet, you know, the... The laughter, the balloon animals, you know, the bright colors, you know, all things to sort of disarm and delight children. Because, you know, kids like colors. Kids like people who look nice, I guess. I know, I like colors. (laughs) I meant as a child, but also now I... (laughs) (laughs) Says the person who wears mostly black. I wear colors now. <laughs> sometimes when I remember. Sometimes when I remember to wear color, I do. But yeah, so the clown has shifted quite a bit over the past couple of hundred years. Um, the idea of the evil clown or the killer clown uh, was not very well known. It was very niche up until the early 20th century. Mm. Like the average person didn't have the idea of a clown. There are very few um, times in history where the clown was used as a less um, good or funny device. Mm-hmm. So, people... Because clowns were just supposed to be like slapstick humor. Yes. Um, so... And just like cartoonish. It would It would be like being afraid of like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Which, I mean, now there are games where, like, there's, like, evil Mickey Mouses and whatnot. So people always find a way to take things <laughs> that are generally supposed to be innocent and fun and twisting them just slightly to make them scary. So, um, now there's quite a bit of debate as to where things went south for the clown. And I will talk about the first, not the most well-known one, but a popular theory Trigger warning for this one, um, for sexual assault, rape, murder, etc. Just let you know. Um, Because I'm not going to assume that everyone who listens to us is um, familiar with all the really well-known serial killers. Mm -hmm. But one of the theories, um, which I kind of get, um, stems from the American uh, serial killer and rapist, John Wayne Gacy. Uh, yes. I am familiar with John Wayne Gacy. Yes. So, in 1978, he was arrested for sexually assaulting, torturing, and murdering at least 33 teenage boys and young men. So, that's just a brief history on... It's really awful. Yes. Like, they weren't even just, like, easy deaths. They were They were gruesome. Yes, and he had buried a lot of their corpses in his garage, underneath the house, in the backyard, etc. There was a stench coming from their place and they still had functions, like community functions there at his house. Like, he was... It's safe to say he was not a a good guy. No. No, he wasn't. And the crime was extremely horrendous. Um, But 
The only reason that Gacy may be linked to this unfavorable and terrifying view of clowns is because A, he used to dress up as a clown named Pogo the Clown at children's parties and events, and B, was because he was also just happened to be a serial killer. So that's the only way people were like, oh, well, you know, clowns are scary because this guy killed people and he had a part-time job as a clown. Well, he also used the clown costume to lure in some of his younger victims. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it was, he would dress as Pogo the Clown, and, like, the kids would be like, oh, and I think that's where the idea of Pennywise the Clown actually stemmed from. A little bit from Gacy, not so much. Well, because it was, like... It was a mixture of, well, I'll get get into it, because we're gonna... Yeah. it's It's gonna come up. But, but the idea was some of his younger victims, like, that's why he, like, chose being a clown, was it was on purpose, because it gave him a reason to, dress, like, to have a clown costume and all of that stuff and not really raise suspicion Oh, because I'd, like, himself. as far as I know about the case, like, his side job and his murdering were not, like, he didn't pick up anyone from, like, the events he was doing. You know, it wasn't from the events, but he had the clown costume still. And it was, yeah. like, that idea of, like, Pennywise, you know, um, the kid sees a clown, thinks, oh, funny clown, whatever, blah, 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 I'm gonna go to it, and, you know, becomes a victim. Hmm, let's look into that. Um, but, yeah, we can do, we can do a, a Gacy, Gacy episode. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot, there's a, there is so much on Gacy. Um so the second, which is um, kind of relevant to what we were talking about just before, was um, this is probably the most popular theory of them all, and this theory is the It Theory. Um, now, it's not so much a theory, but more so Stephen King's It does have a hand in how we view clowns nowadays. Oh, yeah. Um, the book was published in 1986. Uh, it's a has- thousand pages long. It is literally the longest book I've ever read in my life. I've read that book twice now. It is so... It is so long. Stephen King, why? Why? How? How? I can't even... I, I never make it to my word counts. Like, <laughs> I just, Anyway, so a brief history... Not brief, a brief summary of the book is that it takes place in Derry, Maine. Stephen King, you know, he loves his Maine. And, um, <laughs> and these kids, they live in a town where there is a interdimensional space monster monster that has landed on earth and feeds off the fear of children that's basically what it's about a thousand a thousand pages so long anyway so um one of the favorite uh forms of it is pennywise the dancing clown and what better way to get fear from children is by luring them in with something that they do like presumably, and then eating them. Something you like eating you. Yeah. So, it's pretty terrifying. And then shortly after, um, in 19... When was it? I wrote this down. It was still in the 80s, In 1990, the the TV series, the miniseries, It, with um, the much-beloved Tim Curry, um, came out. That did not help the situation. It was a miniseries? It was a miniseries. I thought it was a movie. No. It was a hecking long movie, so that actually makes a they lot of sense. They wanted to make it a movie, but the budget, and they're like, you can't put this, it's too It's too much, this This is, like, weird, you can't, why would you want to? So it was, a, like, a two or three episode mini 
miniseries movie thing. Um, I don't really have too much to say about it, but I know for a lot of people, it definitely made them afraid of clowns. I mean, and I don't think the new It, I've seen it, um, will make people any less afraid of clowns. (laughs) So, not helping at all. And, finally, the last scientific theory. Um, Because coolrophobia is not one of those phobias that's officially recognized by um, uh, the health health society or whatever. Like, for example, trypophobia Mm -hmm. is is an internet sensation. It is not officially recognized by health professionals. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, same thing with the fear of clowns. It's not officially recognized by it. I mean, that may change in the future, like many things do. But, you know, it's not officially there. So there hasn't been a huge, huge study in it. But um, some people do say that the fear of clowns actually comes from the fact that maybe kids don't actually like clowns all that much and never really have liked clowns that much. Because, like, to a kid, when you see a big, tall human-shaped thing, but it's ever so slightly distorted, which because is how monsters usually, typically are. It's usually something you kind of recognize, but distorted in a way mm-hmm. that inherently makes it already scary. Yeah, that's like, um, like they have the big, huge shoes, yep. the baggy clothing, the... The huge smile. Yeah. And, like, maybe kids just don't like blackface. The unnatural laughter. <laughs> maybe. I'd, I'd like to think so. But, like, all these things... Like, think about it. Anytime something is weird, kids typically don't... Are uncomfortable by it. Because you've only lived for so long. You've only experienced so much. And when you see something that you, you are comfortable with, and it's different... Like, what the heck is that? First, my nephew touched grass. He was like, what is this? This is not carpet. He was like, weird, weird things. Kids have every reason to be afraid of something that's abnormal. And clowns are not normal. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody really intends to look like a clown. No. It's, unless, unlike, except for being a clown. Yeah. Which is like this adult idea of like, Because I didn't really get it as a kid. Like, even before, like, I, you know, fell for the, like, scary killer clowns kind of thing. Like, there were, like, I didn't, I didn't find them funny. No, I never found clowns funny. Like, funny, haha. Like, I was just like, like, oh, this is what adults think kids find funny. And that's the funny part. Like, I know this is supposed to make me laugh and smile but I just feel uncomfortable so like I can definitely see that because when I was a kid prior to my Halloween experience I wasn't scared of clowns but I didn't find them enjoyable either they were just there like yeah they're just well I didn't really like no one I knew ever had like clowns at a party I didn't go to circuses yeah like Except for, like, in The Simpsons, which was Krusty the Clown, so and not, he's not like exactly, the, yeah. you know... Isn't he also I, a killer clown? Didn't he try to kill, like, Bart Simpson? No, no well... Oh, that's, that's right. Oh, Krusty, now I remember. Yes. Okay, so, um, 
Unfortunately, as a result of the rise in the fear of clowns, there have been a few incidents worth mentioning. Um, in 1990, Marlene Warren was shot in the face by someone dressed as a clown. Just this week, they um, arrested the a, a suspect 20 years after the fact. Oh, which which case was that? It was called the Killer Clown of nineteen ninety. Because I, I've just there's been so much news of like suspects being arrested from decades old cases. <laughs> so yeah, because I mean it's kind of hard to identify someone when they're like in full makeup and garb. Yeah. So I mean it's 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 kind of understandable in that sense, but also still not a good thing. It took you twenty eight years to find. Anyway, it's still an ongoing thing. But I thought I'd mention it. Um, there's also been an increase of killer clown pranks all around North America to the point where people are told to watch out around Halloween. Um, stores are banning clan- clown costumes because of, you know, if you guys haven't been around the internet, all of their viral videos of people, you know, pranking people in parking garages, you know, in their neighborhoods, you know, chasing down the streets and like fairly realistic looking, like bloodied up clown costumes and like... They did not consent to that, to be scared out of their minds. No, and it's like, this isn't, like, your friend who, like, knows you and, like, knows your boundaries yeah. and your limits and whatever. And, and, you know, when you take the mask off or whatever, you go, like, hey, buddy, like, the sound of your voice will yeah. be, like, a, oh, hey, like, I know that person. This is a stranger. You do not know. So even when they take off their mask, you're like, okay, this person may still be trying to kill me. Exactly. If I'm trapped in my condo, like, parking garage stairwell or whatever, and I've got a clown to, like, just below me and a clown above me, one with a, a knife and one with a chainsaw, like, how am I supposed to feel about that? So. Yeah. You know. You know what? If you're going to pull those kinds of pranks, just be prepared for someone to know self-defense. Someone, someone to have <laughs> pepper spray on their persons. For someone to have a knife or other, you know, object of self-defense. Yeah, other means of defending themselves. Because they, they don't, they may not realize at first that they're in a prank situation. Yeah. And so their reactions are going to be very real. And if you do something where they feel like their life is legitimately in danger, they will probably react in a way try to defend themselves in a way where they feel like their life is legitimately in danger. Yeah. And, like, just because, like, we know that, like, people are probably pranking us doesn't mean that, like, when you're in that situation, one, you're going to see it that way. Yeah. Two, we also know that, like, media attention on these kinds of things, like... What's the word? Encourages copycats. And it encourages people who do have ill intentions, you know, worse than just scaring strangers, yeah. to actually act on those things because everyone's going to think, oh, it was part of the pranks. Yeah, it's been a big issue. I know just this last year we're, we're, we're kind of reaching the height of the clown, killer clown ep- epidemic, but, like, a lot of schools would, like do like um what are those things called where they shut them down where they do um, lockdowns they do lockdowns or they'd like make sure their kids would get home you know like chaperone them because like 
you don't know who's in that costume. Like, and there have been cases where people have had, as Mari mentioned, ill intentions, whether dressed up or not. So it's not, it's become a thing where clowns, unfortunately for the people who are in the clown society and want do this as like a part-time or a full-time job, clowns are now something we see as a threat because of people who have done terrible things or maybe not terrible things, but have still hurt people, you know. It's, it's, it's how we see clowns today. Yeah. I actually know someone who works as a clown. There you go. Um, and actually, he does an interview in a documentary called Urban Legends. Um, it's by the same people who did Cropsy. I don't remember their names right now, but you can find them on Netflix Canada, at least. I don't know about the U.S., um, but... Um, they actually also do a segment on the the fear of clowns and, and killer clowns. Um, and uh, Ken, I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's Melvin Berg. Um, and he actually talks about um, kind of these um, ideas about clowns, where this fear comes from, and um, kind of like... Oh, I forgot to mention... For it, Stephen King's it, one of Stephen King's big inspirations for it was everyone's favorite happy happy meal man, Ronald McDonald. That makes a ton Ronald of McDonald sense. scared him as a child. That makes a ton of sense, especially because like back when Ronald McDonald first became a character, yeah. he was like everywhere. Yes, he was like. They had, like, benches with the, the statue of yep. him yep. and, like, in the play play centers, like, statues of him Space and was everywhere. pictures. And then there was the, the cartoons with yep. the Hamburglar and everything. Yeah, and Stephen King even said, he was like, I never understood why people thought clowns were fun. Like, to me, they were always terrifying. So it was pretty easy for him to turn it into a book. Well, some of the ideas of slapstick are kind of scary when you think about it. A lot of it is bashing each other on the head and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's like when you associate anything with repetitive violence, it's going to become scary. Like when you're a kid, something going around clubbing people on the head isn't really that funny. It's like, well, what if that guy clubs me on the head? And always with a smile on their face, like... Yeah, and it's always just like, oh, I made a mistake, silly. Like, they're not apologetic, they're not remorseful, it's just like, lol, we're having a good time. So, it's, it's, it is very understandable where all of this comes from. I don't think I'm scared of clowns anymore, but definitely if I was in that prank situation where someone's coming at me with a chainsaw, you're probably gonna get punched in the face. Because I, I, it's... I I am not I am not the one <laughs> to mess with. See, for me because uh like I am disabled. Yeah. I can't run from like scary things. Yeah. So I will fight hard. If you try and scare me, I'm going to punch you, I'm going to bite you. Yeah. I'm going to like try and like shove your nose bone into your brain. Like I will do that shit. Yeah. Do not prank me. I'm letting I don't know if any of you will ever meet me. Do not prank me. I have hit people quite hard from pranking me. So don't do it. Pranks should never be something you wouldn't want to be done to you. Just remember that. Yeah. All right. So I hope you guys learned a whole bunch about the fear of clowns. Hopefully you're not afraid of clowns 
and like feel really like traumatized by this. I should have mentioned that before, but I'll put in the content warning. That this includes clowns. Um, But it's not like you're seeing the clowns. We're not acting like clowns. So hopefully. Hopefully. All's Gucci. Um, But skip to here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to hear your segment. Okay, cool. So mine, um, you don't have to be. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to say it in my intro. Oh. I'm going to try and be like segue about it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've ruined my segue by talking about it. Um, you don't have to be a horror fanatic to know Nightmare on Elm Street. No. The first in the franchise came out in 1984 and was created by Wes Craven. Um, it was a slasher flick that followed a group of teenagers that are being stalked and killed in their dreams by the now infamous Freddy Krueger. So um, Freddy Krueger is... Um, in the movies, the serial child killer turned demon that exists in the dream world yep. who can kill with real world consequences. He's like the scissor hands, but not the yes, good one. Yes, he has those long finger scissor things. Like knives or yeah, something. Like they're like finger knives. knives. <laughs> I don't know what they're... F- um, I'm, yeah, I'm not totally sure. Um, I think they're supposed to be based off of like early prosthetics, maybe? Um, because he was, like, a burn victim. victim. Maybe. Um, and, like, I don't know. Um, so there are, like, Nightmare on Elm Street is, like, so popular. There are nine movies. Uh, apparently there was a television series. Thirteen novel ab- adaptations. Jeez, they're really not a cow. Um, yeah, they literally, they, they did movie adaptation, like, uh, novel adaptations, of the first five movies, <laughs> and then a different publishing company did <laughs> another, and then a different publishing company. It was ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. Um, there were also uh, several comic book series, two video games, um, and two video games in the franchise. So, very popular. Um, there's actually also, um, one Halloween in high school, I made a bunch of our friends, uh, sit through a horror movie marathon, and, um, Nightmare on Elm Street was one of them. Yeah. Um. That's literally the only time I've seen that film. And, yeah, that was also when we watched Friday the 13th for the first time. Did we? Um, oh wait, maybe not Friday the 13th, I think it was Halloween. Okay, yeah, I'm like, that's one with, um, what's her name? The yogurt one, the yogurt one. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. I don't, I don't associate her with yogurt, so I don't know why that worked. <laughs> I associate her with Freaky Friday. <laughs> and then, no, that's Meryl Streep I'm thinking of now. No, Freaky Friday is, is her. I was thinking of The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say The Devil Wears Prada, and I was like, no, that's Meryl Streep. That's completely different. Yeah, like, you need to work on your actresses. Well, whatever. Yeah, it's not relevant. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, movies, very popular. I think I was thinking Friday the 13th, because this episode is coming out on Friday the 13th. What, what? Superstitions and stuff. I think it's actually always been lucky for me, to be honest. Well, that's because in some cultures, 13 is lucky. That's true. Um, anyways. So, according to Wes Craven, the movie was actually inspired by true events. Um, In an interview for Vulture, he said, I'd read an article in the LA Times about a family who had escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the U.S. 
Things were fine, and then suddenly the young son was having very disturbing nightmares. He told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him, so he tried to stay awake for days at a time. When he finally fell asleep, his parents thought the crisis was over. Then they heard screams in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He died in the middle of a nightmare. Here was a youngster having a vision of a horror that everyone older was denying. That became the central line of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, What Wes Craven was referring to was a rash of unexplained deaths that occurred across the U.S. Um, I couldn't find any statistics for Canada. I think it was because um, just most of these people were in the U.S. uh, between 1981 to 1988. Um, I kept finding different numbers. So between somewhere between 105 and 130 Southeast Asian immigrants, mostly men, died in their sleep, usually in the midst of a nightmare. According to an L.A. Times article, um, when the victims' bodies were examined by uh, medics, their hearts were still contracting wildly, so they were still, like, fibrillating. Yeah. Even though they were dead. Like, they were clearly dead. Like, the, the, med- the medics that would get there would be like, they're dead, but their hearts were still, like, beating. Yeah. Um, so, medical examiner Dr. Robert Kirshner investigated five uh, of these deaths and u- along with using information from the CDC and he also had information from 18 other autopsies yeah. that were done. Um, Kirshner found that all of them didn't present any prior symptoms um, and standard autopsies only revealed that the deaths were caused by a sudden heart stoppage. Uh, on a more detailed examination, Kirshner found that all of the victims' hearts were enlarged and most of them showed defects in the fibers that carry electric impulses from the brain to the heart. Um, So those fibers were frayed and curled as if the hearts just shorted out. Um, And that was Kirshner's words. So, like, um, the theory was that there was a random electrical discharge possibly caused by the nightmares. Yeah. um, That just shorted out their hearts. It just sounds like they died of like fright essentially like when people who are like absolutely terrified of spiders walk into like spider webs and like die yeah um and um yeah so this is significant uh though because studies of white people who die from sudden deaths don't show a defect like this so this only showed up in these southeast asian immigrants um, these deaths only seem to be found in populations from Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, the Philippines, and Japan. Um, there weren't any reportings from China, as far as anyone oh. knew. So maybe, like, in China themselves, but as in terms of, like, immigrants, it didn't, um, immigrants in the U.S., yeah. it didn't really uh, show up in those populations. Uh, the condition was formally called... Sudden Unexplained Nocturnal Death Syndrome, or SUNS, uh, but the refugees who feared it called it Nightmare Death. Well, that sounds pretty befitting. So, many of the victims um, were uh, Hmong people. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, from the Laos region. Oh, Hmong. Yeah, okay. How do you say it? Just Hmong. Hmong? Oh. Oh, okay. I'm just putting an H in there. Okay. I am bad with East, like <laughs> East Asian languages. I'm so sorry. Um, 
So uh, most of them were Hmong people from the Laos region. Uh, they believe in a demon called the Dab Sog, I think. I could also Don't be saying ask, that wrong. That is not my expertise. Uh. <laughs> um, so, uh, the Dab Sog, so I, I'm probably saying this wrong. Why do I keep picking things where I can't say the names? In okay. case you guys didn't already know, neither of us are language experts. But we're, we're trying hard. We're... We're, neither of us are bilingual or multilingual no. yet. Jasmine's trying. I'm trying. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but I give up on every language. <laughs> hey, you're still you're still young. You could still you could still have have time have. I can't even speak English, guys. This is oh goodness. Come on. <laughs> okay. Um. So the dab tog is a demon that smothers you in your sleep. Um, one account from a Laotian man goes, A tall, white-skinned female spirit came and lay on top of me. Her weight made it difficult to breathe. I tried to call out, but could only manage a whisper. I tried to turn onto my side, but she pinned me down. After 15 minutes, she left. I woke screaming. Another account describes, A dark shape was coming to me. It came to the bed, over my feet, my legs. It was very heavy, like a heavy weight over my body, my legs, my chest. My chest was frozen like I was drowning. I had no air. I tried to yell so someone sleeping very close to me will hear. I tried to move, using a force that I can, a strength that I can. I thought, what if I die? After a long time, it went away. It just left. I got up and turned on all the lights. I was afraid to sleep again. So, this is the accounts of people who claim to have, like, basically survived it. Yeah. Um, like the way who you're... who didn't like um die in their sleep. Basically. The way they're talking about their dreams and how scared they are, it reminds me of my childhood. To be honest, like if when you guys, when you, when anyone, if anyone has had a very, very scary dream where like you feel absolutely trapped and terrified and you wake up crying, like they're they're the worst. They're yeah, they're really bad. And, like, actually, so sleep demons like the Dabshug and, um, are found in most cultures, um, actually, and it's because scientists and anthropologists believe these stem from a condition called sleep paralysis, Mm -hmm. which you've probably heard of. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't, um, it's where a person is awake but can't move or speak, so they're in this weird state of sleep where they're awake and they're aware, but they can't move or speak or, or basically do anything. Um, and they, it's basically a state of paralysis. Yeah. <clears throat> Often the person experiencing it feels as if a spirit or creature is sitting on them or holding them down. So if it doesn't just feel like you can't move, it feels like something is physically holding you down, and that's why you can't move. Yeah. When I used to get the fever, like I used to have a fever when I was a kid, I'd always get sleep paralysis, and like, <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> Yeah. And And you, like, like, see things, too? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that a lot. Yeah. And, like, um, for a lot of people who experience sleep paralysis, if they see, like, a a demon or a creature or, like, whatever it is that their mind makes up. And sometimes it's, like, from horror movies that they've seen recently. um, And sometimes it's just, you know. It was always, like, a demonic, like, silhouetted, like, mutated, like, statue version of, like, the muses from Hercules, so they were, like, singing in, like, this siren-y, like, sort of, like, uh. sad voice, but they were, like, twisted and dark and trying to, like, grab at me. It was terrifying, because I was trapped in my bed, and, like, I'd see my mom going about her 
going, going about her business, like, through my, my bedroom door, because, like, because you're sleep paralysis, so you're oh, conscious, but, like, you can't scream, you can't do anything, and so you're just lying there suffering. And I'm yeah. like, why isn't she doing anything? Why can't she see how scared I am? So, yeah, and this, this affects a lot of people, yeah. and it's, like, it's really terrifying, um, and, like, it really does feel like... So real. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important to know that most of these refugees experience deep trauma. According to one article, the Hmong people um, actually fought in the Vietnam Vietnam War alongside U.S. soldiers. During the war, the U.S. abandoned them, and many had to flee under the new regime. So basically, when things were going south, the U.S. troops just fled. They didn't provide any resources to help the Hmong people um, retreat as well. And so they were left in this country that they were trying to rebel against. Yeah. Now just being, you know, criminal rebellion, um, you know, people. And uh, I'm not even surprised. So and then when so they, you know, had to flee and a lot of them had to seek um, asylum. Yeah. And so a lot of them did come to the States. And when they were in the States, they also faced poverty, discrimination and unemployment. Um which also added stress to their lives. So um, they believe, like, um, so one of the theories is that it was a heart condition. They all shared a heart condition. And that yeah. the stress that they had, not just from the trauma of being a refugee, uh, but of trying to survive in the United States, mm-hmm. you know, killed them, basically. Well, yeah, stress stress could literally can age you. Stress does so many things to your body that people most people aren't even really aware of mm-hmm. so yeah this case also really reminded me of um Della otuva which you were talking about on our last episode yeah. um where she died of fear basically yeah. before yeah. she could even die from her wounds yeah. um she was just so we've talked about this before but just so terrified that her body just couldn't anymore yeah so sad. So, either way, it was either sleep demons or the stress of surviving uh, wars and immigrating to the U.S. that caused these deaths. Well, I can see how that could be inspiration for a horror film because it's, as mentioned before, very terrifying to be trapped in a dream. And I mean, I guess they thought they could do it once, they could do it ten more times and still have it be just as terrifying Yeah, with these... Elm Street movies. And I'm pretty sure they've done a crossover with um the Halloween. It's Friday the, 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah, because there's like Freddy versus Jason um, and all of that. And I don't think those movies were included in the the nine. No, was were they included in the nine? So I was going to ask you because um, like. I don't think they were. I think those were the nine that I was talking about were all... I'm trying to remember the list in my head. And I'm pretty sure they're all the actual, like, story canon. Okay, because I'm like... Um, Because then there was, like, a reboot in 2010. And supposedly in 2015 they started work on a sequel to the reboot. I don't know. But then, yeah, there was the Freddy vs. Jasons, which had multiple, I believe. Because I was going to say, like, how can... as far as I understand the Nightmare on Elm Street series, is that he exists 
mostly in the dream world. And, like, from what I know about Friday the 13th, he's just some dude has is really hard to kill. Yeah. is Yeah, he's just another slasher flick villain. Um, but Freddy can be pulled out of the dream world, and that's how the, the first movie ends. Like, that's how they, like, kill him or I whatever. I don't remember too well. Is, like, they have to bring him out into the real world because he does actually suffer injuries in the real world. It's only because he's in the dream world that nothing happens to him. But if something happens to you in the dream, it happens in real life. So, like, if they got burned in the dreams, they would have the burns. Yeah. Um, like, if he didn't kill them right away or whatever. And you know um, what that reminds me of? Call back to one of our earlier episodes. Didn't you mention there was a friend of yours who kept, like, having a dream about someone being at her window or whatever, and then she woke up with, like, a scratch mark on her arm? Yeah. So, like, dreams becoming freaking reality. Yeah. Like, like it... It could be a thing. But, I mean, like, there's a lot of times that we do things in our sleep yeah. that ha- that we're doing in the dream because yeah. our, like, bodies are confused. It's yeah. like, is this consciousness? Is this not? I don't know. I'm yeah. just going to move. And, like, sorry if I almost punched you in the face. No, I'm good. <laughs> but, like. But, yeah, it's, 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 like, it's, there's a logical explanation for a lot of these things, but it's still scary to, like, experience something in your sleep. And then wake up and suddenly, it's like when I like I dreamt someone was watching me, and then I woke up and like my sister was staring at me through my like my bedroom door. I like, remember <laughs> you telling me this story. So I felt like someone was watching, but I was in a dream, and I was like, "What the heck's going on?" I opened my eyes, and she's looking at me. And then we had a whole conversation about why your sister stares at you in your sleep, and <laughs> it's because I used to get mad at her when she come into. We're getting really off topic, but <laughs> point is, <laughs> dreams. Dreams and clowns. We, I don't know if they'll ever stop being scary, at least in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, dreams you can't really do anything about, as as far as we can tell. So I don't know if we've learned how to manipulate dreams to any sort of degree. And this. I don't know. I also don't want to, like, completely dismiss the idea of, like, sleep demons being real. Because yeah. sleep paralysis... As, like, scary and horrifying as it is, that's not to say that sleep paralysis isn't caused by sleep demons. I mean, what's more horrifying than a demon causing your paralysis and that it could actually get you? So, like, it's just, like, no, it has the power to do that. Man, there's so many things in this world to be afraid of. (laughs) That's, That's what I think about a lot. So, this episode is actually... Oh my goodness, we're under an hour. And I haven't even touched the editing yet. Tank God. Which, it might, if you enjoy listening to us, that might be sad. But we have a treat for you. We do. Um, so, Mari and I have been talking about how we can give you guys a little more us. And we also wanted to kind of figure out a way to incorporate some lighter... Um, less structured content yeah. on a regular basis because a lot of our full episodes tend to cover very like bad and terrible things. Yeah, usually they're more on the heavier subject. Usually, um, so we're like, hey, sometimes maybe maybe not all the time because we we're we're not people who always want to talk about the sad things. Mm-hmm. They're important to hear about, but we're also have kind of fun or quirky or cool things that we'd like to be able to share with you guys. Yeah, and, like, there's still be 
horror related. Sometimes it might just be like a rant on yep. like a particular social issue yep. that we don't really get to touch on during the full episode. Yep. Um, but these will be shorter, um, kind of just fun conversations and yep. you can always join in on them. Yep. Um, you know, through email or social media. Yes, we have our our Twitters and our Instagram. So Twitter is Six Sad World. Uh, it's SSW. Yep. So it's Six Sad World SSW. Yep. And our Instagram is Six Sad World Pod. You can find us on either of those handles. And our email is Six Sad World Pod at gmail dot com. Correct. And you'll find all of that in the show notes. Exactly. I don't know why I started singing. I and apologize. And we will keep telling you guys about our social media because we want you guys to feel totally comfortable and totally open to reaching out to us and being involved with us outside of just the episodes that we provide for you guys. Yeah, because it sometimes feels weird to, like, produce episodes and, like, we know people are listening because yes. it, like, shows up in the dashboard. Yes. <laughs> but then, like... Nobody's talking about it. And then it just kind of feels like we're just talking to ourselves. It feels like we're sitting in a room with, like, a hundred other people, and, like, we're in the middle and we're talking, and then no one else is contributing. Yeah. But, like, like it's like like a live show. Yep. But nobody claps or <laughs> yeah. laughs yeah. <laughs> or responds in any way. Exactly. So we'd really appreciate it. If yes. you responded in some way on some platform. Yeah, take advantage of them. We made them for you guys. And I guess a little bit for us as well, so we can... Promote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. That's what social media is for. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And it'll also, like, help us actually stay on social media. Because I know that it, like, my Twitter, my personal Twitter... Yeah. Has fallen into disuse several times <laughs> over several years. Mine is definitely not in use, that's for sure. Um, because I'll tweet and I'll be like, why don't I immediately have a hundred replies from my two <laughs> followers? I hate this platform. <laughs> I'm leaving. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel as rewarding <laughs> for you with your personal one. Anyway, <laughs> guys, as we always say... Don't be a murderer. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.